Hey everybody, welcome back to Sama, Sisters Against Mental Abuse. I'm your host, Misty, and today I have a good friend of mine on the line, Jazzy. How are you today, Jazzy? I'm doing absolutely great. Life has a way of showing you things, but other than that, you know, I just roll with the punches. So I kind of just want to dive into this story. You said that you met this guy through a friend. Just like kind of tell us how you met him. And what attracted you to him? I was on Facebook Live with a friend of mine. And this is something that's normal. It's an everyday thing. And this person chimed in because they've known each other since middle school to to what I was told. They've known each other since middle school. And so he chimed in and uh, we had a little, it wasn't a real disagreement. I guess we were just like, going back and forth this my best friend oh she my best friend oh she my best friend I know her mama and I know her mama longer you know just little it was just you know all fun and games at first and um it started during the summer and we been basically we're talking like throughout the summer we never really seen each other there was no communication throughout the summer but we um no physical communication or face-to-face communication I should say but we will talk on the phone and we will talk, you know, just to be talking, flirting or whatever. And we didn't really officially meet each other until December. So all this was in 2020. Okay. So like y'all <laughs> kind of had like the, the mutual friend and then you were kind of playing back and forth. And so like what, I guess, what brought you together? Like, what did you find to be attractive about him? Well, I, in my mind, because I thought he was a man's man like the way that my friend um explained him or broke down what she seen was he was a responsible guy he took care of business he was the um respectful type and he had goals and stuff like that like you know those are like certain small things kind of attract me to a man I'm not really attracted to what how much money a man makes or what kind of car he drives like to me that's high school stuff like you eventually you grow out of it so when you when I hear about a guy that I'm already interested in in physical form like I see you you look good and then they're like oh he a good person you know he take care of this that and the other and you know he coached football for kids and you know, stuff like that. And, and me being a mother already, it, it's like, oh, well, he works with kids. That's a good thing. You know, I already have a, I have a daughter that's a third grader right now. And I, I have a son. He just turned seven months yesterday. So um, before I had my son, I only had one child while I was dealing with him. Okay. So this guy, in your mind, he had it all together. So he had your friend kind of vouch for him a little bit. He sounded responsible. You know, he sounds like he had a good job. He sounded like, you know, like a dream, right? And so where were you at your life, in your life, where were you at this point, like when you met him? When I met him, I was actually doing pretty good. Um, I had just got over an injury. Um, I, I had hurt my hand in Alabama and I was already starting up my cleaning business. So I was in, I was doing my cleaning business and stuff like that, but I was kind of like, you know, 
on I on hiatus because I had a hand injury. But all in all, um, I feel like I was in a good spot. I feel like I was a, more than content, but not comfortable at the same time. So I was a work in progress still. I was I felt like I was a bad bitch, if you want to be for real. Like I felt like I was unstoppable still. Like if it's kind of like, you know, you have a sense of this is not where I want to be, but I'm on my way up there. So you have to wear this this armor of confidence on you. And sometimes it doesn't have to be your armor, it's just naturally there. So at in that point in my life, I was high off life myself. I felt like I was just that bitch. Okay, so you were like confident and self-assured and you kind of, you knew what you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's go back to the story. So you guys, so you met him and he seemed well put together. What, what kind of brought you together? What happened? Well, when we actually had our first encounter of meeting face to face, this was right after I lost my baby, one of my baby sisters to domestic violence. So at that point, when we actually had got into each other's face and we started to talk, my confidence was at an all time low. I felt like I failed as an older sister. I didn't feel like myself because a piece of me was gone. So I wasn't there. Like I'm a, on a normal day, even when I feel like I'm my best, I, I, I'm a smoker. I smoke weed. That's just about it. But at that time in my life, when I met him officially, as in being introduced, I was I was smoking, but I was like borderline to being an alcoholic. Like I just lost somebody that I never thought I would lose. Like this is a person that I never thought would, would die before me. So I wasn't, I would like the real me wasn't there. So just tell us more of like what happened. Like, you know, when did he start showing you who he was? You know, what led up to you guys getting together? All of those sorts of things. Well, the thing was like, well, at that moment, I was with my friends, the two people that I would hang out with at that time every day. And we were just, you know, chilling something that we would normally do but they were surrounding me with love because of the loss that I had you know I just went through um he came by because like I said this is this is not just my friend this is some a a friend of a friend so he was coming not just to see me but to see her because he was a he lived out of town at the time so when he came to see her it was more like a regular kickback smoking, drinking, playing cards, eating, talking shit. It was a normal thing. So like my story about this is kind of short to be honest with you because it really wasn't, it wasn't like no romance or anything like that. It was kind of like, I knew what I wanted at that point in time. I, I needed comfort at that point in time. So he was there to comfort me, but we also had this whole conversation of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. We went to a room and, you know, we're adults. So what went down went down. At this time, I was 31 years old. So what, what went down went down when we went to the room and we got it in. But I wasn't, I wasn't so drunk to the point where I didn't know what to do. I still took precautionary actions and bought contraceptive 
I seen him wear it. I seen him put it on. After that, it was dark. It was like, I knew what I already consented to. So it's not like he did anything that he wasn't supposed to do. But I wasn't there. Because I was just buried into my hurt. But when I took the pregnancy test, as soon as I started to read, wait three minutes for results, it said, bitch, you pregnant itself. Like the two lines came. It was like, you're pregnant. And when I called and told him, like, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know. I'm pregnant. The first thing he said was, see, here come the bullshit. Now, you about four, three, between three to five years older than me. How is this bullshit? And you act like, like you act like you don't know what happens when adults have sex. Like, like I said, like this was a real short story. And so how I like, basically, this is how my son got here. That's why I have a seven month old son now. But it went from, yeah, um, you so pretty and you bad and you you just look interesting. You look like you a dope person. It went from that to, you know, I make big babies. I'm going to give you a baby. You, I'm going to show you something different in life to, I'm pregnant. See, here go the bullshit. And it, it, it was just in a matter of months. And it didn't even feel like months. It felt like weeks crammed. Okay. So you were, it sounds like you were really vulnerable when you met him emotionally and he like spoke to that right basically okay so then y'all were cool he's telling you all these things he's telling you he he's gonna put a baby in you or whatever and then when it happens he's saying that's bs and i I think that you also said that he uh, told you that he didn't want you to have the child he told me that he he basically was like how much is it for an abortion now in my mind i'm thinking to myself this is the right thing to do however i went to the doctor like i told you i have my daughter's in the third grade i went to the doctor they told me yeah you're pregnant but your blood count is low sweetheart if we do this this is risky you could die I said, oh, shit. So I start to rethink everything. I'm like, what if this is the little boy that I prayed for? Because I, I wanted, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I wanted a little boy then. But came out a girl, I love her, no less, period. And I just kept saying, like, what if this is it? And, you know, and one day I came out of nowhere, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I'm pregnant. I'm keeping it. She said, well, have fun. I mean, she here for her grandson, but she wasn't there. She she was not prepared for the mess. Because when I get pregnant, I get sick and I go through hypermesis. So it, it was just the whole thing I went through by myself. It was crazy. Like I went through this whole pregnancy by myself. So because he was he didn't talk to you during your pregnancy. No. And he denied it the whole time or he didn't deny. That's the the crazy thing is he didn't deny my son. I had him. I had him September 18th. I want to say a week after I had him, I sent him a picture of our son. And he was just, he said, wow. Wow. I said, so um, what you want to do? Because he got siblings out here that didn't come from me 
he has four kids previous to our son. He said he don't know, he didn't know what to do. He's like, I don't know what I want to do because this is crazy. I said, well, you got to come up with something because he got siblings out here. He got to know who his siblings are. And this is important to me because I'm a product. My, like my dad has 12 biological kids, eight baby mothers. So this is very important to me. And then, so he's seen my best friend, which is my son's godmother. He's seen a picture of them together. He looked at it. He probably like, I don't know what his thought process was at the time. He's probably looking like, damn, that's my son. He admitted to a, a, a mutual friend of mine's, his and hers and said, I know that's my son. And he told me this. So now that our son is seven months old, healthy, well, he's about to start walking soon. He started crawling and rolling over. Why are you missing out on these milestones? And this is not mentally abusing, not just to me, but when when J.E. get old enough, he's going to look and like, where's my dad? This is something that's going to be psychologically damaging to him. This is mental abuse, early mental abuse to our to kids. And people don't, a lot of people don't understand like a parent's absence is abuse enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. And and so like you you told me a little bit more about what happened after your son was born. You you ended up putting this guy on on child support and then he called you I, I, okay, so um there, I had a previous Facebook page as well. Something in me is telling me that this is this guy's wife because he told me that he was divorced but come to find out he never got a divorce oh wow i feel like she yeah so i feel like she's the one who um she she blocked she not only did she block my friends out before like she took over my facebook page and she started getting on people and the first person that she inboxed was him so I got back into my Facebook page and we kept logging in back and forth, back and forth until Facebook shut that one particular page down, which led up to my second page. And we ended up communicating on that page. But he, he, it was, it was terrible. Like he was just like, you and that little boy should have died. I, this never would have been on my heart if y'all should have died. Fuck you, fuck him. And it just, it got so bad. I had to walk outside and I don't like, I stopped smoking black and miles. It made me we go back to that just for that day. And after that, I didn't go back. It was okay. Like, so he, so he lashed out once he, once you put him on child support. Yeah. Like real bad. Like he kept telling me he was going to fix it and stuff like that. But the thing is they don't give you time. If both parents name is not on the birth certificate they gave me time with my daughter and uh, to this day I didn't put him my 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 daughter's father is not on papers because he does exactly what he's supposed to do he get her every other week he takes her to school he buys her clothes he feeds her he makes sure that the nurturing nature of a father figure is there for her my son is missing it 
And I know people might be like, oh, it's, it's, it's early. You know, he won't remember this. I call your bullshit because regardless of how old a child is, the essence will always be there. So it's best that you, you're there by day one. If you're not there, there's no, I mean, they're going to feel it. Oh, wow. And so uh, things are still rocky uh, to this day. I see he still never, my son just turned seven months yesterday. He still hasn't seen him, hasn't held him or anything in like face to face. He's never seen him. He's only seen pictures. Oh, wow. And so he's still, this dude is still married and he's not even, is it's, he like this with his other kids? Like, from the looks of it, no. This guy coaches little league football. I have your son. I'm trying to figure out how come this, like, like don't get it twisted. I, I play football. I play baseball. I play basketball. Mama can get it done. But I cannot teach my son how to be a man. And this is where my mental abuse kick in, where I'm kicking myself in the ass. Because this is something that I know I cannot do. Don't get it twisted. I've watched my mom raise my brother to be the greatest, most respectful and loving young man. But he, she didn't do it alone. You know what I'm saying? My father figure is my uncle Eugene. I'm not going to call him by his first name, but because him and my son has the same middle name, I'm going to call him Eugene. My uncle Eugene is my father figure. My, 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 my mother's younger brother was that for me. My dad was there. Like, I know who he is. If I was to see him on the, on the street, I will know his face. And we built on our relationship in my 20s. And even before I turned 20, I knew who he was, but he wasn't there to teach me the things that I learned on my own. So. Okay. Like, and so like, I wonder, so has this experience with this guy like done anything to you in terms of like self-esteem or anything like that how how has it had an impact on you like mentally because we know like the implications of uh fathers not being there for their sons and how it affects uh your baby but what about you well a postpartum even when a dad is there it's times when women gets gets into postpartum depression so it's crazy because when you're dealing with depression on its own anxiety and now you have postpartum depression it's all a emotional roller coaster it's it's almost like you you might get a little slit like a little break somewhere in the midst of it but it's so short-lived you don't get a chance to enjoy so it, for the most part like I had to find myself all over again there was a time I didn't care about my hair because I was already cutting I was wearing 360s during my pregnancy I was wearing waves. So when I decided to grow my hair back, I really wasn't getting my hair done. I wasn't buying pretty clothes, things that I would normally do, get my hair, nails, and feet done, wearing things that I'm probably not supposed to wear because I'm a mom. Well, in society eyes, these are the things that I had to cut off because I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel like my alter egos like none of them 
Jazzy Blue wasn't there. Jay Smitty wasn't there. J-Rock wasn't there. She was, she was not there. My real self wasn't there. All I knew at that moment was mommy. Or, and, and the only person that could actually say mommy, like I said, is my daughter. Because my, all my son do is cry when he needs me. But to hear the cry all the time is, is nerve wracking. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what the reaction is. You, you have to try everything until you find a solution with, with babies, you know? So it's nerve wracking. You lose out on sleep. I only had sleep for the first time. One time, I want to say last week, I slept all night long because he didn't wake up. A whole eight hours of sleep because he didn't wake up because however we played that day or whatever he felt like he did that day, it wore my baby out. But other than that, it's tiring because nobody else is getting up, picking him up, rocking him to sleep, feeding him, changing the diaper, singing his favorite songs. Nobody else is doing that but me. So it, 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 I find myself crying, holding him while he's crying sometimes. It's frustrating. <laughs> I mean, I can laugh at it because it's not my first rodeo going through it. But it's been almost 10 years since my last rodeo. So to go through it all over again after eight, nine years of not having a newborn baby is the little hair that I'm growing back, I want to tear out. But I love my son. Yeah, I but, the world. yeah but you shouldn't have to do that by yourself. I understand. Like It must be like mentally wearing and exhausting I know that you mentioned your sister and if you feel comfortable talking about that, I, you know, there, there is something that people can learn um, from that as well. I don't know Absolutely. if you want to, if you want to talk about that situation. Um, I know we spoke briefly about it, but just, can you, are you able to tell us kind of what happened? Um, tell us a little bit um, about your sister, a little bit about the, the person that took her, her life. Absolutely. My sister, I like to call her the baddest bitch because like she was, first of all, she was like this ray of sunshine. She was a ball of energy. She reminded me so much of myself that the things that she went through, I seen myself going through like some of the things that she was going through, not the, what she actually went through um, to, that led to her going to being an an angel up in heaven but you know life life things like teenage my teenage years it was almost like she was going through the same thing she went to the same high school that you and I went to she danced she sang she rapped music surrounded her the same way it surrounded me it was a comfort zone for her the same way it was a comfort zone for me she was a great great beautiful young lady chocolate skin reminded me of me just chocolate because I'm I'm but I'm peanut butter we're, we're Reese cups so like mm -hmm. that's how we rock we were Reese cups she was chocolate I was peanut butter we were the Reese cups okay she had two sons she has two sons my nephews are in great care with their father right now in the midst of it all like I feel when she met this guy I want to say she was in a, in a bad situation. 
like when you get older, families separate, they go their own ways. And sometimes some people don't have all of the resources to move their separate way, but they make it happen the best way they can. She met this guy. She was on the down. She was down a little bit. I'm not going to say down and out, but enough to make her feel like this was this was it. She was going through something with her, the father of her two children, where they broke up while she was pregnant. And it was a whole thing. Um, fast forward, she was pregnant with my second nephew. She called me and she was telling me like, yeah, um, he hit me and things like that. And, and she was on the phone with me. And I'm like, girl, you got to get the fuck up out of here because don't don't have us come through because this is the type of family that we are. And one phone call, the whole family gets one, the one call, the whole family gets, they pick up the phone. So she just was like, Jazz, don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody. Um, I'll fix it myself. And the whole thing about fixing it yourself is sometimes there's no fixing. You have to learn that sometimes fixing things yourself is leaving situations where they lay. Like I, like, my math teacher, one of our math teachers, I want to say Mr. Slay, always will say, if you don't understand this math question, you move on and then you go back later. This was oh, a math yeah. question that just had not to, it didn't need an answer. So you just had to keep going. Yeah. So even if it was risk getting to be, unless you pass, as long as you pass, you know what I mean? Right, right. Okay. It's so she had- told you, sorry. So he, told you she told you that he had uh hit her before yeah and I was ready I said do you who you want me to call you want me to call big sis you want me to call well her I don't have no older brothers so all of my brothers except for one is older than her you want me to call your big brother you want me to call a little bro I'm gonna call him no don't call don't call him I'll fix it myself the next morning, I'm getting a phone call with her calling me. Mind you, like I told you, she's pregnant with my second nephew. She's calling me from a hospital bed, apologizing to me, telling me she's sorry she should have left. I said, baby, there's no reason for you to apologize to me. You need to apologize to yourself because you're going through it. You need to apologize to your sons because they're going through it with you. This has nothing to do with me, but I will help you by all means if you want the help. You know what I'm saying? So. There's times where I never seen this man in person, never seen him in person, but I talked to him over the phone because they needed to get over a, a, a hump or something. But she took that when she called me from the hospital bed, he dragged her down a flight of basement stairs. So these are things like we know this stuff is happening, but we can't help a person that doesn't want to be helped. That's the problem. That'd be the problem because we want to help, but we can't help if they're not asking for it. We see there's an issue. So did you, so hmm, it almost sounds like he had isolated her. Did you feel like you weren't seeing her as much? I told her this. I told her, I said, we don't see, we don't, we don't kick it like we used to. After she had, my my second nephew we we kicked we chopped it up a minute for a minute and everything we went back home for a minute helped out with the baby came back 
They ended up moving. Okay, cool. I said, so where you stay at? She didn't want to tell nobody. It was almost, I felt like he was telling her like, don't, don't tell nobody where the fuck we stay at. Don't tell nobody. She didn't want to tell me. Cause I'm that sister. I'm that sister. You like, we just going to keep it at that. That's the sister I am. But when I finally got a chance to see her, because we were already talking about what was going on. She found out he was cheating stuff like that. Woo, woo, woo. The next thing you know, I finally get an invite. Another like, I, okay, I'm a, I'm just gonna remind you, my dad has twelve biological kids. So, one of our other sisters came and picked me up. We went to go see her. I'm looking at her, and I'm like, this is not, this not the bitch I know. You feel me, like. Her hair not done. She has not called me to put a stitch of a, a track of weave in her hair. I'm her hairstylist. That's what I do. She always get pretty. She wasn't, she her her clothes was not bad bitch standard that day. It was given help me. So she wasn't herself, is what you're saying. Like, so y'all hadn't seen her. It sounded like he was isolating her. He was putting his hands on her. Um, Changing her. Wow. He was cheating on her. Cheating on her. Changing. Changing changing her. Because you you can't tell me like there was no change with her. Nobody could tell me this. Because she went from I got to be cute every day. Every day was a thing. She put her lashes on. She made sure she was cute. Sis, but can you do my hair? That's me. That's her calling me. Sis, but I need you to do my hair. I need you. I, I, I want I want a song in, but I want some hair out. Like, I, I know my sister. So me seeing her, knowing that this is not her, I knew something was, it was, if something was wrong. So I'm like, Trina, what's up? You ain't got your lashes on today. The only thing she had for me was, hmm. It was almost like you could tell he was taking pieces of her off of her and throwing it in the garbage because he wanted her to be the bitch that he wanted her to be. You know what I mean? Right. So it went to her. Look, he he wrote me a, a letter front and back and he's so sweet. And I'm like, yeah, that shit don't fucking sound right to me, bro. Because you are literally one step like one foot is out the door. You already said I'm leaving him. He ain't this. He ain't that. I got to go because I'm not happy. My sons cannot be around this. Your one foot was out the door. But I guess when he seen that you was packing up your shit, he couldn't take it. And from videos, because I, I watched the court date from videos, he already had this shit like, if I can't have you, can't another nigga on this earth have you? Because who records themselves getting ready to commit murder? Wait, 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 wait. He recorded himself before it happened? Uh-huh. Like, I, I, and, and it's crazy because I'm not making it up. It will sound like some shit that it will be in the movies, right? No. I sat up here 
not even a whole year. Like it's not, it hasn't even been six months, I want to say, because he turned himself in. It wasn't even six months, wasn't even three. I'm watching everything. I'm watching the whole court thing go down. This idiot recorded himself putting bullets in the chamber while having a conversation with my sister while she was in the next room. They having two separate conversations. He's saying, you're threatening my life. She's saying, how am I ruining your life? They're having two separate conversations. So this is the part that I, I didn't know until the court, the, the day that he went to court. Two oh, weeks wow. after I seen my sister, I get a phone call. Like I wake up, it's a week after my daughter's eighth birthday. You know, no, it's, it's a week after my daughter's seventh birthday. It's a day after my mom's birthday. I get a call from my dad on FaceTime. I'm on my way to the gas station. Like I told you, like I smoke weed. So I'm going to get some cigarillos. I'm walking around the corner and I hear him, but it's kind of like somebody was covering my ears for me. And I'm like, he's like, I'm at the hospital when he's crying. One thing that I know is that his father has medical issues. My granddad has probably like seven fingers all together on both hands. So I'm thinking something's wrong with my grandfather. He told me it was my sister. I ran outside the gas station and I broke down on the side of a pissy gas station. Like my whole body is like that. that at that point, it didn't even matter because I felt myself drop. I'm screaming. My oldest sister called me, Jazz, where you at? She know I'm crying because she here. I can't even tell her where I'm at for real. She like, calm down, tell me where you at. I told her where I was. I was on my way back home. She picked me up. The first thing I did was I ran all the way upstairs. Now, mind you, this brother, like I'm, I'm running to my mom's house. This brother is no relations to my father, but my father claims all of, it don't matter how many kids, either one of his baby mamas got with anybody, they his kids regardless. I jumped right into my brother's bed. He didn't understand what was going on. He didn't know why I was screaming, crying. He just held me. And I said, Trina gone. That nigga killed my sister. Like he, it, she gone. He halfway sleep still. By the time I left and I went with my oldest sister, he called me crying. Like, I didn't even realize what you said until I woke up and realized what you said. Dealing with that whole situation, it scared me to even put my trust into any male that's not blood related to me and it took it took it took a minute i mean now i am in a relationship but it took a minute to even deal with like i still haven't had time to process i i, I never had time to process her death like all i know is this nigga killed my sister because she didn't want to be treated like garbage she wanted to stop being hit on. She didn't, she wanted to feel like the bad bitch she was. And I could tell like she wasn't herself because I know, like I said, I know my sister. You got one time to do anything with her 
and you're cut okay like you didn't make the cut you got to go so i want what made a difference was about him was he called her in her most vulnerable state when she was pregnant when she felt like all eyes were against her and the world was on her shoulders and he made her feel like no other man was gonna love her the way he did and he didn't even love her and when I, I'm, t I'm, I'm sharing my story about my sister Trina, because a lot of young girls go through that, especially when they dealing with older men. This man was 23 years older than my baby sister. Mind you, baby girl was 22 years old. This, this nigga in his 40s, he knocking on 50. So, and he thought that he had an opportunity to mold in quotation marks, his little young bitch into the bitch that he wanted. And if and if this, if my language triggers anybody, excuse me, but this is exactly how a lot of people think, especially males that are not men. This is how they think. They want a bitch that they can mold into the bitch that they want. That's exactly oh, yeah. how it is. Yeah, and I've I've heard of this so much, like these older men purposely going after younger women because they they want to try to groom them into yeah. what they want them to be and it's honestly disgusting like if it's if it's a natural thing where it just happens that's one thing but i think that a lot of them purposely seek out younger women for that purpose and i feel like and, and you know one thing about me was i noticed certain things i know i noticed a lot of things like i, I like i said i used to be an exotic dancer from when I from 19 to 23, I went by Jazzy Girl. Or jet or when I, I my first dance name was Penny, my second dance name was Jazzy Girl, and then I changed it to Jazzy Blue. A lot of young men, especially like a, a lot of older men, they know how to what young girls look for. So they feel like they can use that as manipulation as opposed to a younger man who feel like they got a clue, but don't have a clue and don't have gang to get her. So um, I've dealt with a lot of men in all types of age brackets, you know, in during the time that I was dancing. So for the for the other black women listening, what kind of takeaways do you have, both from your story and from Trina's story? Like what would you what would you tell them? Like things happen in life that you don't understand at first but God always has a plan for you and you have to continue to trust in him and continue to go. Because if you allow any man to sit you down, you will never grow. You will never grow from any mistake that you feel like you've made or anything that you feel like somebody has put on you. Because there are a lot of things that, that you feel like other people may have put on you that you don't know actually you you ask for it it gravitates to you so even in the situation that I was in I was looking for comfort and I ended up getting a son out of it you know what I mean and dealing with if there's any woman out there that's dealing with a man that doesn't know how to control his anger that can't keep his hands to himself that doesn't understand the meaning of a no or that just feels like they can strip you from being the woman the essence like if they feel like they can strip you from your womanly essence 
The first thing that I can tell you to do, I don't care how much you love him. I don't care if the dick good. I don't care what's going on. You are too important to be worried about some grown ass boy. He's not a man yet. You have to realize you are most important because nobody's going to love you like you love you. And no man can dictate how much love you're supposed to get as a human being. So if you're getting hit, leave. If you feel like you don't have a place to go, you really do. If you're not at home, like if you moved out of state away from home, make a plan. But don't make it a long plan. Make it a short-term plan. Save some money. Put it in some... I had a friend, she she got beat so bad and she had to leave. She used to put her money in her dirty underwear. It was a pair of underwear she never she never washed. She just kept accumulating money, putting in her dirty underwear. She never touched them. And one day he came home from work and she was gone. Make yeah. a plan for yourself to get out. That's a good point. That is a good point. I mean, any any like domestic violence shelter or all of the experts say the same thing. You should have a plan and you should be putting away money. So I definitely hear that. Yes, please put away some money. And if he, and if he's the kind of man that's, he doesn't have a job, but he controls how you spend your money. If your name is on everything and these are for the, I'm talking about the hardworking women that got kids, but won't love, but the man not loving you right. And he not paying a bill, ain't a bill in his name. The house ain't his name or none of that. But he felt like he could just do you wrong. Baby, if you got the money, these are the two things that you should do. Go get a restraining order on that man and change your locks. They cannot tell you that you can't change your locks if you are in a hostile situation. If you got proof that you're in a hostile situation, they're going to tell him to go. If you want him in jail because he did what he did to you, put him in jail. Stop being scared of these nothings. Be- I, don't, don't get it twisted. I love my black men. I love men, period. It doesn't matter if black, white, Puerto Rican don't matter. But if they are not treating you like the woman that you know you are, make a plan and get out. Or if all of that stuff is yours and he not taking care of home, kick him out your house. A lot of people don't understand it. I, I, I keep hearing, I can't get away from him. I can't get away from him. He got a hold on me. I And it might be insensitive. But the one thing that my sister constantly asks me is ask him this one question. Is the dick that good to stay? For you to constantly be treated like nothing? You got to ask yourself these questions. You are important. You are loved. And somebody out there is looking for you and they're going to treat you like the queen that you are. Don't Don't ever let anybody tell you different or make you feel less than because you are more than what you even see yourself well thank you so much for coming on um again i'm glad we got to reconnect so oh no i'm so happy that we reconnected like i said you're always a good person to me you're always like i i don't understand people but you you are a person that i understand and i thank you for understanding me and being a good person that you are